This is a first, ladies, but a first of many. Today, I'm so excited to bring to you my first guest interview of the Wealthy Woman podcast, and I cannot imagine kicking guest interviews off with anyone else. I had the true honor of sitting down with my former mentor, Aislinn Walton, And wow, you guys are in for such a treat. Aislinn is a success coach for women entrepreneurs. She helps women scale their businesses with an emphasis on supporting feminine energy, sustainable growth, and incorporating pleasure into strategy. Her expertise is feminine and pleasure-based business, as well as helping women scale to $300,000 plus years. And I'm just going to keep this intro short and sweet we are going to cut to the chase and dive right into this interview because she and I cover so many different topics this is a longer episode so let's dive right in Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. You're here because you're a high-achieving woman that wants it all. The success, wealth, time freedom, and genuine joy in your life. Hi, I'm Lauren, and I'm here to tell you, you can. You can have it all. But what is true wealth? It's not just money and achievements because success without happiness and fulfillment isn't success at all. Here, we're going to have conversations about creating a beautiful life alongside the success that you're striving for. If you want to create long-lasting success that's fully in alignment with the life you desire to live by working less, making more, and stepping into the version of yourself you've always wanted to be, then you're in the right place. Let's roll into today's episode. You guys, I could not be more excited right now to have this particular guest on the podcast. Aislinn is my most recent mentor. We worked together on and off for about six months. So I had enrolled in one of her masterminds last summer, which was the summer of 2022, for eight weeks. And then I was just so obsessed with her and her work and everything that we touched on in that mastermind that I ended up diving into one-on-one mentorship with her. And it was about four months of one-on-one mentorship that we did together. And Aislinn held me through the toughest time I would say in my business, there was a lot of change that was happening and she was so powerful in her mentorship. She wasn't scared to listen to my breakdowns. (laughs) Uh, She wasn't scared to listen to my breakdowns. She wasn't scared to challenge my thought processes. She wasn't scared to really push me to kind of call me out. And a lot of what came out of our mentorship was actually things that I did not realize about myself either. So I learned a lot about myself through our mentorship together. And so I knew that I needed to have her on the podcast. So Aislinn, welcome. Thank you. I am so excited. I haven't done a podcast with a client in a little while, and I just love these sessions so much because We have so much to work with, and I'm really excited about our little topics that we have discussed and are going to dive into. So we have a lot to talk about, but I thought a great place to start would just be you sharing a little bit of your story, 
who you are, how you got to be where you are, because it's very unique. It's a it's a really cool path that you've taken. And so I'll let you just dive right in. Perfect. Okay. So I am a success coach for women entrepreneurs who want to scale their businesses in a very specific way. So we really focus on feminine energy. We focus on pleasure. And we also work a lot with identity and shadow work and ultimately, you know, working from all the inner layers into the outer layers to create the life that you really want to live. So I help women make a lot of money, but in a very aligned way. And it's a very creative endeavor. It's very artistic. And I really created this because I blended a lot of different dimensions of my life together. So what I mean by that is that when I was in my early 20s, I was a graphic designer. I was a web designer. I also taught yoga. I was deeply in like this beginning of a spiritual awakening. (laughs) And that was almost like those two worlds felt like they were at odds with each other until we um, blended them all together. And I mean, we, as in just, just like all versions of myself, I guess, like we ended up taking the computer version of me and the spiritual version of me and the leadership version of me and the meditation, the healer version of me. And I just started to blend them in a way that, um, ultimately created a coaching business. So I felt as though it was really important for me to speak my truth And ultimately, a deep part of my business began when I was sharing a lot of my Instagram posts and I was just sharing my thoughts and my inner processes. I ended up moving from Boulder to um, Panama, this tiny little island in Panama in the Caribbean called Isla Bastimentos. And I had to get on a boat to go and like do my laundry. And I was working for work trade as a yoga teacher. And I just was following whim after whim, intuitive hit after intuitive hit. From Panama, I moved to Costa Rica, a small town called Dominical on the Pacific side. And I feel like because I was just so open about my passions and I was writing about my journey, I kept attracting a lot of people into my world that led to, just led me to the next thing, the next step, the next iteration of that big adventure. And um as I continued to evolve in my writing on Instagram, I had people reaching out like, Aislinn, I want to learn about what you're talking about. I started talking about feminine embodiment and my cycle. I took out my IUD and went on this big adventure of returning back to my cyclical nature and um, tracking my cycle. And then I that I, <laughs> I opened up a yoni egg shop um, where I was selling crystal yoni eggs to women and people via Instagram were buying them. And it just kind of started this organic business that took on a life of its own. And now here we are today where now I'm doing business coaching, but um, it was really an organic beginning. And, um, you know, I started out very, um, how do I want to say this? Like I didn't really have my eyes set on having a million dollar business. I had my eyes set on like the values, the service, the creativity, the art. And from there, it did just kind of build itself. And I kept showing up for it. And that's the overview. And here we are today. (laughs) Uh, It's just such a unique, like story. It's just, I love that there was really no plan. (laughs) 
<laughs> and right. I think I love that so much because Aislinn knows this about me. I like having a plan. <laughs> so one of the reasons that I was so drawn to her is because of all these things that she embodies and they felt so opposite of how I was, how, what I embodied. Like I always considered myself to be very much in the masculine energy. And Aislinn was just this like sensual, pleasure-filled, passionate, like on Instagram, her handle is at Abundance Witch. And I 100% like, I fully believe that is you. And so the fact that she was just so feminine and running this super successful business, I, when I started following her, I was like, I want that. Like that just feels so aligned. It feels like so much fun. You guys have to go follow her on Instagram. Her life, just her day-to-day life, she makes it so magical. And so anyway, that's that's originally what drew me to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for seeing that and for saying all of those things. Because like a part of my brain is like, well, she doesn't see these parts. But then I'm like, well, no, actually my life really is that way. And I need to just be unapologetic about that because I have really curated it to be that way. And I also, I've attracted clients like you in, you know, that masculine healing stage who want to be more in their feminine because that is kind of me in my shadow side, right? Where I was the oldest of, um, you know, my two younger brothers. I feel like there was a lot of, I, I don't tell this part of the story very often, but what led me to move to Costa Rica? What led me to kind of just say, okay, like life where we're just, we're changing shit up <laughs> was a huge family turmoil period in my life. And I felt like I had to just kind of take a lot of responsibility. I felt just like I needed to control my own life in a way because I felt like what I had been relying on was crumbling And that was a really hard time for me. And it actually, you know, it's those themes have kind of perpetuated the last decade or so, and nothing is fully resolved or healed necessarily. But that part of me came alive, like the part of me that wanted to be in my feminine, be traveling, luxury, play, sexiness, just like orgasmic life that felt like it was my own. It really started with feeling out of control and feeling like I just had so much of my life to live and I couldn't say no to that. That was a really interesting learning curve for me. And to this day, I still will have moments where like if I have a big family conversation or if stuff comes up that's more stressful, I need to, well, I have a process ultimately and like a big just this alignment cue to go back to my own center. So it's been, it's not just to like feel good, right? It's actually been a really huge healing uh, process for me. And that's, I think, a huge root (laughs) around why this has worked. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes so much sense. And I feel like so many of you who are listening are resonating with what Aislinn is saying, because a lot of you are also moms and there's so much responsibility on our shoulders, right? We It's so easy to get into the 
to-dos and taking care of everybody else and the responsibility that comes with being a business owner or a career woman and a mom and a wife and a partner and all of these things. And it can easily weigh us down. And so the fact that you are able to shift out of that into this like magical, like pleasure-filled, passionate, sensual, sexual woman I know for me, again, like when I watched you, it was, it was just this full body. Yes. Of like, I, I want to live like that. Like I want to live like that. I want to feel like that. I want a business that feels that way. And that's something that you and I actually worked a lot on together. So we can talk about that more (laughs) as we get into the episode. But before we dive into that, I'd love to hear your definition of what a feminine business really means and what what you consider to be a pleasure-based business, because I know those terms might not be familiar with many of the women that are listening right now. Absolutely. It's very interesting. Like when someone hears about feminine business, they first are like, oh, is this just like a kumbaya circle where women are just like rolling around under the full moon on a beach next to the fire? Like (laughs) it's kind of interesting, right? But the bigger theme, the bigger value system around feminine leadership and feminine business is prioritizing intuition prioritizing connection, community, and emotion, and really prioritizing relationships as the form for how success comes to be in your business. And it's also enlivening creativity and keeping whoever is running the business in a place where she is turned on and she's alive and she's not being eaten alive by her own business or her own responsibilities. So there is a an incorporation of pleasure, play, spontaneity, you know, spaciousness, and that gets to be valuable. That's not just like an extra luxury that people can do when they've worked hard enough. It is something that you actually strategize around and you place into your schedules, you place into your priorities because, you know, as a mom, like life just happens. And so if you're not fully choosing play or pleasure or spontaneity, and you're not really creating the time for you to connect to your own heart, your own softness, your own ability to be receptive, then you're actually, you're actually taking yourself away from such an important part of you that could be creating even more impact, even more influence, even more service-based offers. So That to me is a huge differentiation because masculine-based business practice, I mean, we love the masculine in my world. It's not like men versus women. It's not like that at all. It's very much like harmony and unity. And masculine-based business is very, very direction, accomplish, achievement, and hustle oriented. It's like the job must get done no matter what. And from the feminine, it's like, well, Yes, there's direction. Yes, there's precision. Yes, there's structure and strategy. One million percent. That's super healthy to have. But it's not at the cost of your light. It's not at the cost of your vibrancy or your radiance or your ability to show up in your relationships from the heart. So it's it's necessary. <laughs> it's not just like soft, floaty, feminine energy. It's like this 
actually creates more connection, more community, more joy for yourself and for the people around you. You know, it's less about like boss babe till the end. And it's much more about feminine heart, creativity and connection and seeing the kind of abundance that can come from that. So that's the gist. (laughs) I hope you guys are like nodding your head. I mean, when you describe that, I was just sitting here nodding my head like, yes, 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 yes. And I know that so many of you that are listening are probably nodding your head too, thinking like, yes, that's actually what I want. You know, she's talking about community and relationships and connection and pleasure and fun and playfulness. Who doesn't want that? (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly and a lot of people those are the first things they sacrifice when they're like I need to be successful and that success is coming from a place of should or projection or pressure versus like from an empowered feminine perspective that kind of a woman is really connected to herself she's connected to what she wants she definitely knows what she does not want And she knows that, you know, people are going to have opinions and judgments and criticism about what she chooses, but she's choosing her desire over other people's opinions of who she should be and what she should look like or feel like or create or not create. So, yeah, I mean, everyone does want this, but like, you know, what we did in our work together, (laughs) like it, it's not, the funny thing is it's not pleasurable to get to the pleasurable place. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yes. And that is a perfect segue into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is where pleasure and discomfort come together to create this growth and the the uncomfortable work that actually creates growth, because that is a lot of the work that we did together. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. This is key because, you know, we imagine women just on their couch or in their bath with a glass of bubbly and rose petals and just receiving, 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 and just money coming in and not having to really think about it, right? Like there's that romanticism and I'm all about romanticizing your life, which we also did a lot of work on together, but we had a lot of conversations around your expectations or where you didn't even really notice you had pressures from outside sources or expectations from outside sources versus you being like, hold on, like I thought I was turned on by this and I'm not. And then when you realize like what actually turned you on, oh my God, like the energy flowed in, the inspiration flowed in and it wasn't so push and force anymore. It was much more about like being in that stream of inspiration, which sometimes takes time to find. It's not like, let's just crack you open into pleasure. Sometimes it's like, well, we have to unwind and unpattern and break through the shells in the way of that. And a lot of those things are expectations, assumptions, and shoulds. So we, I mean, yeah, we did a lot of that, which I I feel like was rewarding. And I'd love for you to share more about if you feel like that was rewarding too. It was the most rewarding work that I have done because well but first before I say because it also was the most challenging work that I've ever done and I think Aislinn can attest to this there were there were voice memos where I was crying there were voice memos where I was 
yelling kind of just in <laughs> frustration there was so when when we talk about the uncomfortable work yeah. it really was uncomfortable because a lot of what we were doing was diving into identity and shadow work and i had never actually done shadow work before and in our work together, you really were able to point out some things about me that honestly I hadn't realized. Mm. And once you said them, I was like, yeah, uh, you're right, 100%. And then I was able to really look at them. But before you said them, I never would have character characterized myself that way. So, right. for example, Aislinn and I always talk about how the fact that I have control freak tendencies. I never would have said that about myself prior to our work together. I would have never, like that was just something that I was unaware of, which is crazy yeah. for me to say at this point, because I'm very aware of it now, <laughs> but I was not aware of it until you said it. Right. And there, there were just a lot of those things like the control and there, there was just a lot of things within my identity that were in the shadows. And maybe you can give your definition of what shadow work is too, because Definitely. I know some, probably some of the women listening are like, what the heck is shadow work? But I know there were a lot of things in the shadows that I was, that were in the shadows and that I was unwilling to really look at that were really holding me back. Absolutely. So this is why I love working with high-level women like you, because there is a empowered side of the coin, and then there's the shadow side of the coin. And the shadow side, I just want to make so clear for anyone listening, is not bad. It's not wrong. There's nothing to be ashamed of, but it is the side of you that is so subconsciously repressed that it's running the show without you even realizing that it's present, just like what Lauren said, because... There is so much to say about who we want to be and then the self, I well, the self projections ultimately on the versions of ourselves or the dimensions of ourselves that we don't want anyone to know about. That we don't want anyone to see. And it usually is the side of us who feels like we have to protect ourselves. So that's where it's coming from. It's coming from a great place. It's coming from a genuine place where in your past, you probably had to be a control freak for things to go well, or for you to receive praise, or for you to feel loved, or for you to be productive in your life and wake up in the mornings. You know, there's not a bad label with our shadow side. We all have, especially as women and from the feminine perspective, we have the control freak tendencies, we have jealousy tendencies, insecurities, we have... Um, you know, that overcompensation of the disempowered masculine that comes online when we do not feel safe. And that's where a lot of this comes from. So that shadow side of you is the sabotage side of you, <laughs> where you don't necessarily realize why you're staying stuck. And you're like, okay, well, that means I just have to work harder. That means I just have to control things harder. That means I just have to uh, sacrifice or overcompensate or, you know, give more, do more, be more. And that is coming from your shadow who thinks that you are not enough as you are. So in working with this, 
we illuminate it and it's kind of confronting. I've done so much of this work for myself where I'm like, holy cow, I don't want to be honest with myself that that's there because it's it doesn't feel like my highest version of myself. But the beautiful thing is that when we as high level women who want these six and seven figure businesses, when we come into that level of clarity, that clarity will also come with the opportunity to clear out the rubble and clear out the dust and the cobwebs that are keeping you in a certain comfort zone. So your shadow side is going to sabotage you to keep you safe. It's going to sabotage you to keep you feeling like you are in control of things. But when we bring that part of us along for the ride and we give her a voice and we make her feel safe and yet we don't necessarily give her power, that's when we're really unifying our shadow side and our empowered side. So we're not um, trying to like, you know, chase our tail with an arm with our empowerment while the shadow side is like just keeping us in the same place and we're just like running in place. Does that make sense? Yes. And I, I've been doing a lot of shadow work recently too, with one of the courses that I'm in. And one thing that I found that shadow work has really helped me to do is to let go of the opinions and the judgment of others. And I feel like it has helped me do that because I have accepted the parts of myself that I feel like other people would judge, right? Right. So once we accept that about ourselves, I think it takes the fear away of other people seeing that in us because we've acknowledged that within ourselves, right? We're not trying to suppress it. We're not trying to hide it from ourselves anymore. I'm fully aware of these parts of myself. And so then I don't have so much fear around anyone else seeing that part of me. It also, I feel like has made me a much more empathetic person (laughs) in general, because Mm. when we acknowledge those parts of ourselves, then we aren't so judgmental about those things in other people as well. One million percent. And now, like, I mean, a lot of our work around identifying like the perfect kind of client for you to work with, it is that woman who's been through that kind of uh, frustration with her shadow. And now that you've liberated yours and accepted yours, you have so much more capacity to work with that kind of woman who is working through the same thing, which just, I mean, that capa- that's an expanding capacity kind of situation where your growth equals your ability to hold space for someone else's growth to that extent, you know? Yes. Yes. So we did a ton of shadow work and it was very uncomfortable and it felt a lot like things were completely falling apart, to be honest, while I was doing it. (laughs) And they did. It kind of was like that breakdown that had to happen for the breakthrough Mm -hmm. to happen. And then from there, we really dove into identity upgrades. So you guys have just listened to the podcast that I did about the Charleston retreat. So Aislinn actually was the one who encouraged me to go to Charleston the first time when the retreat fell through. So the first time that I was supposed to run that retreat with uh, my good friend, Jess, a lot of things happened and it ended up being just me in Charleston. And I 
prior to leaving, she and I had a conversation about, you know, that's a good conversation. It was a, it was a great conversation, but I was like, should I even go? I'm feeling guilty now. You know, the mom guilt, which I had thought that I had completely gotten rid of roared its crazy head and it came back and I got to look at where I was still holding on to mom guilt around leaving my family and my kids for something that was just for me. You know, I had a lot of thoughts that I was entertaining around, well, I'm not deserving of leaving. I was deserving of leaving when it was for for clients, right? I was deserving of taking that amount of time away from my family when there were going to be other women that were there with me. But to just go by myself for five days and stay in these luxurious hotels and eat at these amazing restaurants and have, you know, my mom and my husband watch the kids and, you know, adjust their schedules for the kids. That was like a huge sticking point for me that we had to work through. Yes. Yes. And bloomed. I mean, that trip for you was breakthrough territory. And I had that feeling like I knew it for you. I knew that that was going to be your comfort zone edge. Right. And even though it was pleasure filled, that's the interesting part of this conversation. Women allowing themselves that kind of pleasure, that spaciousness, that adventure just for themselves without the like, I'm doing this for someone else. It's so much harder to own that and claim that for you because no one wants to be selfish. But when you do take up that kind of space for yourself, I mean, you saw the breakthroughs that came through, the miracles that came through, the sexiness that came through, like just seeing the world in a whole new light. And I think that that is such an amazing opportunity for your clients and these listeners to, to see like, what can happen when you face that edge? Because it's exciting, it's nerve wracking, it's terrifying, all of the things that you felt. <laughs> yes. And you know, it was it was a phenomenal trip. And I think a lot of a lot of the things that come out of this shadow work and the, these identity upgrades are the most magnificent things, but they are still really uncomfortable, right? Like living into that edge is very, very uncomfortable at times, even though it looks incredible, right? So like, if you you were following me back when I went on that first trip, it probably looked absolutely incredible. And it was, but behind the scenes, there was a lot of work going on, a lot of work on the identity level of believing that I was worthy of that, right? Believing that I was capable of doing those kinds of things and being that kind of way. And so that's one thing I wanted to touch on is that even though this work, it looks, it looks magnificent. It looks luxurious. It looks so fun. Um, Behind the scenes, it really can be very challenging, even when what's coming out of it is fantastic. I know that's where you talk about the uncomfortable work that actually creates growth, because I think a lot of the times we we can look at work like that and just think, oh my God, that's so easy. You know, it would be so nice if I could do that. It's that like, it's it's good for her, like great for her if it were me. Yeah, I kind of digressed, I think. (laughs) No, like that kind of permission takes time to get to. Like there's a relationship I think that we give ourselves or in with, with our process around permission because 
we have the idea of like, well, what would it look like if, what would it feel like if, and you know, it's a great journal prompt for anyone listening. Like if I gave myself permission to choose that thing that right now I'm judging myself around, or I'm excusing myself from, what would it look like if I actually gave myself permission to do that, to feel that, to be that? And that could be like, what what would it look like if I gave myself permission to be a 30K month coach, right? What would it look like if I gave myself permission to go on that trip that I've always wanted to go on, but I've always come up with excuses around? Or what would it, like, what would the process, what the first few steps look like if I gave myself permission to consider that this is actually a valid desire? Because a lot of women don't necessarily validate their own desires and they will excuse themselves all day until 10 years from now, if you're living the same life that you've always lived and you're just feeling like I need life to like literally like <laughs> I feel a little dirty saying this, right? But like I need life to make love to me because I'm so bored. I want to be ravished by amazingness, by extraordinary, by awe-inspiring, right? We want that sense of of wonder in our lives. But if we're not the kind of woman that you know, doesn't give herself that permission, like we'll never actually create that. And that to me is so sad, which is why I'm so passionate (laughs) talking about this because like you start, no one's going to say, okay, it's time. Okay, now do it. Okay, now everything is perfect. So now do it. You have to decide and it's a permission slip only you can give you. And then like you and I did, yeah, support helps, but you did that. You chose that you booked the pl- the flight, you know, you, and even with your Cabo trip too, like that was a whole other level <laughs> of the same <laughs> mission. <laughs> right? I was going to say, we have to talk about the Cabo trip because yes. Aislinn is the reason that we did <laughs> the Cabo trip. So our very first mentorship call, the Cabo trip came to life. We yes. were talking about these kinds of things and I was talking about my desire to travel and my desire to take, you know, luxurious trips with my husband and she really was the one who encouraged me to take that trip the way that we took it and mm-hmm. I remember saying to you on that call, "Can I really do that?" Like <laughs> <laughs> Perfect example. <laughs> I was looking for permission. I was like, can I really, can I really spend that amount of money on a hotel? Can I really do that? Can I really go all out this way? And it was, it was giving, you know, sometimes it's very helpful to have someone like her say, yes, you can, you know, like her giving me permission allowed me to give myself permission. But that was a huge, huge, huge identity upgrade as well that was uncomfortable, but incredible. (laughs) Yes. Well, that is the two-sided coin, right? It's uncomfortable and incredible. And, you know, there are so many quotes with the variation of if it scares you and excites you at the same time, do it, you know? know, if If it's calling you, if it's pulling you, if it is this intuitive nudge, saying this is your next step, you know, a huge part of feminine leadership that I didn't mention is surrender, which we did a lot of work around too, right? Which is the alchemy around control. 
So when you said, okay, we're going to do this Cabo trip, we're going to like, this is the quote budget. (laughs) And this is what experience we want to have. You weren't necessarily thinking about like nickel and diming the whole thing. You were saying, I want to feel this. And, you know, I'm not going to ever coach a client to break the bank by choosing herself. There's always going to be a fine line to walk in terms of that permission financially. But I knew you and I knew what you're capable of. And I knew that this was going to be a breakthrough opportunity because you had the capacity to do it. It just was this feeling energetically of you being held back. So surrendering into that decision, like once you make the decision, once you give yourself that permission, then comes the very uncomfortable process of surrendering to what comes next. (laughs) And the interesting about that trip, like looking back on it, are the up levels that came or the, the things that came out of it that I never would have realized going into it. So one thing that Aislinn and I joked about when I was on that trip is my husband, Brady kept saying, you really (laughs) set the bar high. You really (laughs) set the bar high. You really set the bar high. And I was like, I did. I did. Yes. I have set the bar high because this is, you know, this is what we can do. And this is how I want to live when we do things like this. And it was funny because Aislinn shared a similar story that she had with her boyfriend when yeah. she took him to Cabo and his response to same thing. <laughs> but I feel like me planning that trip gave permission to Brady to travel that way. When he would have not necessarily given himself permission to do that. So I feel like when we take these steps, we give the people around us permission to do the same thing, right? We open up portals for them. And the other thing that came out of that trip that I had never realized before was that I really do actually like planning things when I'm excited about them, which is what led to the retreat. So prior to ever planning the retreat, I had said for years that I never would run a retreat because I hated planning. I hated planning trips. I hated planning this. I I hated planning anything. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and in planning that trip, I realized that I don't actually hate planning. I really like planning when I'm really excited about the thing that I'm planning. And Mm -hmm. when it's very next level, when it really is at that edge and I'm leaning into can I really do this? Can we really yeah. make it that way? And and so those two huge breakthroughs came out of that trip and I never would have realized it had mm. we not done that. Okay, are you sitting here listening to these episodes feeling motivated, inspired, and ready to make some moves? You've got that deep fire in your belly, that deep desire in your soul to courageously meet your edge, to create movement, to activate your next level because you know you've only touched the surface of what you're capable of. Are you ready to create the life that you've always desired, to embody the woman that you've always desired to be? Here's the thing, you know something is missing, you just can't quite put your finger on 
on what it is. You know what you desire is possible. You're just not quite sure how to get there and what's holding you back. You've been contemplating making a move and investing in yourself in a major way, but you just haven't pulled the trigger yet. You're excited, you're anxious, and you're nervous, but you know in your gut that you're ready. In my mentorship containers, I'm able to quickly see the subconscious beliefs and patterns that have been holding you back from the things that you ultimately desire. The ones that are so deeply buried in your subconscious and your shadow that you can't see them. Together, we're going to investigate layer after layer after layer to expose all of the things hidden under the surface, creating resistance. I'm going to help you bring those things to the surface to examine them and release them. I'm going to challenge your ways of thinking, being, and doing, and I'm going to reflect back to you where you're being small, where you're dimming your light, and the things that you're hiding. And then from there, I'm going to help you connect the dots to get clear on your next level and then support you as you take those leaps. I'm going to hold you accountable as you ascend. It's going to feel exhilarating, freeing, spacious, like a breath of fresh air, and at times, scary and challenging. My one-on-one mentorship and mastermind are now enrolling, but spots are very limited. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about what these containers entail, or just shoot me a quick direct message on Instagram at Lauren underscore Francois to chat and see if we're a good fit for each other and which container makes the most sense for you. Absolutely. I think that that's such a valuable piece of just you, you, right? Of what turns you on. Now you have a compass. Now you have an orientation to the direction that actually revives you, rejuvenates you and enlivens you. And I think a lot of women, they keep doing the thing that just dampens their energy or dulls their energy, or, you know, they're not looking for that innovative path of least resistance that turns them on and brings energy into their bodies. And now that you know that about yourself, that is a part of you that steps into more confidence and then more leadership. And I feel like that's such a beautiful example of like what women do when they're in their most beautiful radiance. They do raise the bar. They do set another standard. They do open portals and everyone benefits from that. But it's a sticky spot to be in when you're not trusting yourself to step into and create that portal because everyone else will mirror your doubt back to you. So it's a really like, it's just one step forward, one step back. And then you're in this stuck pattern and this holding pattern because you go first and you stop outsourcing your validity and that permission to someone else being able to be like, okay, let's do this. Like imagine if Brady had said, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to spend this money. These are the hotels that we're going to stay in. You'd be like, who are you? (laughs) Like, wait, what? Like, where did that come from? Like you had to be the person, especially in the feminine energy to step into that initiation and also the up level, not just in your relationship, but in your identity. So I just, I think this is like the most perfect example. And I love how every step kind of played out how it like should have. And I don't want to use the word should in a disempowering way, but like that was such a beautiful and um, extraordinary way for you to move through an up level. And it, you know, it, you needed to be a very courageous version of yourself to choose that. You know what I mean? Of course you do, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And this leads me into the next part of the conversation that I really would love to hear you kind of elaborate on. And that is 
romanticizing your day-to-day life. Because I know like when I got back from Charleston and even when you think about this Cabo trip, like it's very easy. And I said this to you, I said, it's very easy to feel romantic and luxurious and pleasure filled and all of these things when you're on a trip like this. I said, but how do I, or how does anyone incorporate that feeling in their day-to-day life. And I know this ties so perfectly into the masterclass that you just ran Enchantress, which maybe Mm -hmm. you can talk about at the end, but I would love to hear you elaborate on this because you are so fantastic at doing this. So Mm -hmm. fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I remember this conversation. I remember exactly where I was sitting I remember the feeling of you being just like, yeah, it's easy when, and that kind of stickiness where you were trying to find a way for this to feel like a day-to-day up level because I mean, yeah, it's easy to feel sexy and glamorous when you're at a five-star resort in a beach town and you're out of your daily routines, you're out of the mundane. And this is so important because I love helping women find ways to be in their magic within the mundane. And I find that that's actually a very tender, feminine, and also spiritual place to be in because you're not like, well, when I get my new car, when I go on that luxury vacation, when I get that huge diamond ring, you're not living in a, when these extravagant things happen, then I get to feel that way, which is another outsourcing of permission but it's actually about you seeing these little mundane moments of like you feeding your dog in the morning or you, you know, organizing your office, like you organized your office a couple months ago, or just, you know, moving into these opportunities that happen every day that could pass you by that ultimately just requires a shift in perspective. Just yesterday, I was thinking, how can people ever get bored in their routines? If we really acknowledge, it's going to be a little ethereal for a minute, but if we really acknowledge life, if we really acknowledge that we are these little human beings on this huge floating rock in the middle of an infinite universe, how are we bored with our little chores that we have to do on a daily basis? Like everything we do is really, truly a gift, really, truly an opportunity to have new eyes every day. And to me, romanticizing your life in those smaller moments in day-to-day starts by waking up and choosing to be amazed that you're alive, amazed that you're in this body with these thoughts, with this soul, with this heart, with this capacity to love and move through your human things and your human routines in a way that's very ceremonial or ritualized and In that, you start to bring in more love and more like savoring energy where you maybe just decide to like take a drive up to the top of a a hill around you or a mountain around you and just watch the sunset or watch the sunrise or buy a new candle that brings a new scent into your home that all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm seeing things a little differently because sensually I'm experiencing what's normal to me a little bit differently or making a new meal you've never made before. It can be as simple, like the moms might resonate with this. I'm a dog mom, not a human mom yet. But just like 
getting a new marinade for the steak that you make or the chicken that you make every single Monday, right? Like little tiny things like that, that ultimately brings you into a different experience with your senses. And I know that this does take extra effort and a lot of people have full busy lives, but if you can see this as just a simple perspective shift and we're actually in launch for ohm right now for orgasmic manifestation, which is my signature course, which really is about how to tap into that version of you who is centrally alive every day. And you're not making yourself wrong or bad for your moods or feeling what you're feeling. If you're not having a good day, this is not the expectation of perfection. This is the integration of different perspectives that turn your body on and turn your sense of aliveness on a little bit more than it ever has been. And then once you're in that energy, the universe and law of attraction starts to match you in the awe, in the wonder, and in that shift. And then things start to shift because you're not living the same life with the same eyes and the same perspective day after day after day, and then feeling frustrated. So it's about bringing novelty and sexiness and orgasmic energy into your day-to-day life to help you feel like you are alive, that you are a woman breathing in this very pleasure, this deeply um, pleasure capacity space where you can receive so much more if you decide that you're open to that. So it's kind of like a long explanation, but I'm spending seven weeks in Ohm teaching this kind of thing because it, it really is a process and it's a practice for women to, to shift into this because it doesn't necessarily come naturally. And I found it's just the most rewarding thing to see women finally stepping into pleasure and receptivity and beauty in ways that they never have before. I'd love to know what are some specific ways that you do this in your day-to-day life? Yeah. So I, like what I said, beauty is so important to me. And I think a lot of people say beauty is kind of this extra thing. It's like not necessary. It's just kind of this thing that you do if you're luxuriously oriented. But beauty to me means taking time to sit down and to be intentional with what you're seeing and with what you're receiving and with what you're taking in. So, you know, spending an extra 30 seconds with your coffee or your tea in the morning and just taking it in and sitting with this moment of peace or, you know, making sure that you are setting your space for the work day. Maybe you have a crystal on your desk. Maybe you buy like a certain fancy glass to keep your water in as you're working, or maybe you light one specific candle when you are calling in abundance, you know, these various little rituals and practices that just brings more intention into the moment. I also think it's so important for women to have a pleasure practice. And yes, moms have busy lives. CEOs have busy lives. Like we all have busy lives, but the busy woman needs this practice even more. (laughs) So it's never an excuse. I think it's just like a pleasure practice can be five minutes in the shower. It can be five minutes after your shower. It could be, you know, investing in a really high quality lotion. And after you shower, you know, you 
slather your entire body in this new lotion and maybe you have one candle going or you maybe you play a meditation or like one song in the morning that taps you into I am worthy of receiving like a queen. I am worthy of treating myself in this very sensual and extraordinary way. That to me also means decorating my body, right? Doing my hair, doing my makeup, putting clothes on that feel sensual. And that could be like my Lululemon yoga pants. It doesn't have to be fancy, but it could be just like, am I being intentional with my feminine energy? Am I being intentional with saying yes and moving through my day, even with this mantra of like, I'm open to being positively surprised. I'm open to being delighted today. I'm open to stepping into my day and having the universe roll the red carpet out for me. So these are ways where it's, yes, physical and ceremonial little things and rituals, but it's also how you're speaking to yourself. It's the intention that you set your day with, and it's how you continue to tap into that intention throughout your day. And if you decide that you're worthy of being the sensually expressed, turned on woman that the universe shows up for, then that's the practice that eventually you will see the reward in. So to me, it's it's consistency with intention and what you're thinking and what you're choosing to see and what you're choosing to feel. Does that make sense? Yes. And I love that you really honed in on the word intentionality because that I think is the thing that really will help you to step into what she's talking about. So it really is just about, to me, it's about bringing a new level of intentionality to just the daily things that you do, but also slowing down a little bit and giving yourself more space and time to notice things and to enjoy things and to to just be. So a couple of the things that I did during our work together that really helped me to just make even just my environment feel a little bit more luxurious and more pleasure filled were things like I started lighting all of the candles in our house at night. And Mm. just like the fragrances and the smells just felt so luxurious to me. I've started doing this thing where whenever I go on a luxurious trip, I bring something back with me or get something that reminds me of that, that I can use at home. So, uh, in October of 2021, I think it was, we went to Tulum and that was like the very first luxurious trip that Brady and I ever took together. Mm. And while we were there, I always wore this white robe that the hotel had. And just a few months ago, actually, I I would look back at the photos from that trip and I'd be like, gosh, I just love that robe. (laughs) And so a couple months ago, I went online and I bought myself a white robe, like a soft little luxurious white robe that I put on after my shower. And every time I put it on, it reminds me of that trip. Mm. When we were in Cabo, the lotion that they had in our hotel room, I loved the way it smelled. And so before we left, I went to the gift shop and I bought a bottle of that lotion and I brought it home with me and I used that lotion every day. And it reminds me of that trip. So there, there's just little things like that, that you can do to 
add that pleasure into your life. Aislinn talked about, you know, the clothes you wear, dressing yourself with intentionality, decorating your home with intentionality. And it doesn't have to be expensive, right? It's, it's, what you love, whatever makes you feel like the next level version of yourself, whatever makes you feel excited and and filled with pleasure and playfulness. And those are just a couple of the things that I have done along with just slowing down. I love to just slow down. Many of you know, if you follow me on Instagram, I live on the lake. Our house faces east. I see the sunrise every morning and I love to just watch the sunrise. And yeah. that like connecting to nature is one of the best ways for me to tap into that. Mm-hmm. And and even like the most mundane things when you slow down and bring intentionality to them can bring you joy. So at night after the kids go to bed, oftentimes my husband and I end up on the couch together and he's got his head usually on one end and my head on the other end. And we can literally sit there and not speak a word to each other. But if I am intentional about just watching him or watching Mm -hmm. the fire that's behind him, that brings me joy, right? That makes my life feel more luxurious. So those little, little things that we don't usually take the time to think about or take the time to notice, that's where you can create real magic, I feel like, in the everyday. Absolutely. It is in those smaller moments. It is in those little perspective shifts. I love that example of you and Brady on the couch because that to me, I just felt like richness in my heart, just noticing like you've had this long day, here you are together, just simply sharing space and tapping into that sensual experience where it's not necessarily like sexual, it's just appreciative. And that to me goes hand in hand with intention. You know, if you're intentional, you're soaking up a moment, you're present, you are appreciating something that otherwise would have just kind of just gone unnoticed. And if you're not appreciating what you have and what's right in front of you, you know, it kind of, it depreciates and it stops being something that brings you beauty, brings you love, brings you a sense of richness, richness in your life. So I think that those, I mean, this is easy. Like any woman can do this. It's not like going and buying a multi hundred dollar robe, right. Or like spending a few thousand dollars on a plane ticket. It is about savoring the little moments that will be fleeting unless you just pause them, you know, and kind of hold space with your awareness for just an extra moment. And that really does go a long way. It really does. I feel like this is such a perfect way to wrap up this conversation and to just leave you ladies with this feeling that has come from what we've been talking about. And it also is the perfect segue into Aislinn telling everyone where they can find you, how they can connect with you. And I know we mentioned a couple different things during this conversation. (laughs) So perhaps you can tell them what you have coming up and and the various ways to work with you. Absolutely. So as Lauren mentioned before, my Instagram handle is at Abundance Witch. And you ladies are welcome to listen to this podcast and tag both of us and we'll repost to our stories. I love when you send me messages of, you know, hey, I found you on Lauren's podcast and vice versa. If you're finding Lauren through me and my community, go ahead and send her a message that you found her through here. And I think it's just 
That's the perfect platform that I run my business on. I do have a Facebook group called Spirited Soulpreneurs. You can find the link to that in my Instagram bio. But when this podcast comes out, I'm going to be launching Orgasmic Manifestation. So that should be for sale. If you really want to dive deeper into this kind of work and you know you want more of like a long-term group experience with a community of women, that might be perfect for you to hop into. And then I also have Enchantress, my masterclass, which is free. And don't, I mean, it's really all about the conversation that we had today as well. So Instagram, Facebook group, send me a DM. AislinnWalton.com is my, my, I mean, no one really goes there, but you can check it out. <laughs> I go to Instagram instead. <laughs> I have a website, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Community connection. That's the energy. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining me today and for spending an hour with all of us, giving us your uh, all of your knowledge and all of your wisdom. And I hope you guys have just fallen in love with Aislinn as much as I have over the last year or so. She is truly incredible. You absolutely must go follow her on Instagram and check out Enchantress, check out Ohm, Orgasmic Manifestation. I actually was able to listen to a few modules of it when we worked together. I had access to a previous version of it and it was just mind-blowing to me. (laughs) It was just like, it's a whole other level. It is magnificent. So definitely check both of those things out. And Aislinn, thank you so much for jumping on with me today. I loved every freaking second. I adore you. I love our relationship. I love how we both can just (laughs) jive on all of these experiences that we've already had together. And I'm excited. Maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do another one because I feel like we could keep going. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. You can definitely come back. We could, you guys, we could talk for hours. So you you, that's another thing you should do. If you guys want to hear us on another podcast, shoot either one of us a message on Instagram and let us know what you'd love to hear us talk about. Another thing that Aislinn, um, I could listen to her talk about all day, every day is money. <laughs> money. Well, we should do, we should do an episode on money. Yeah. I'm down. Let's do it. Let's plan it already. (laughs) Okay. So we will be back at some point in the future for an episode all about money and receiving and creating wealth and abundance. And we will leave you with that. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you at our next episode. Okay, you wealthy woman, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, share this with your friends, and leave me a review. Leaving a review is so simple, but I didn't know how to do it at the beginning either, so I'm going to walk you through it. All you have to do is whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, find this show, The Wealthy Woman, scroll down, you'll see stars, and with those stars, you can leave me a rating and review. I'd love you so much for taking the time to do this. In all honesty, the reviews are what help the podcast get into the hands of other women desiring to create true wealth and manifest their dream lives. Okay, I'll let you get back to your day. See you next time.